we're back. We didn't take a break, but we're back. Should we take a break? No, I'm hungry. Um, we can talk about my cooking exploits if you want. I mean, Ooh, I wait, feel yeah, like Julie will be this. on my side. For well, this. wait, no, because this is this is one of my predictions for 2023. <laughs> okay, let's but... start this episode with our predictions for the I would never know hosts and the the like for the podcast and for us. Uh, I'll start off. Okay, with, I predict that Ramy is going to start her own cooking channel on youtube or tiktok and you're so full of three shit. million followers and you're is... so full of shit oh my god no i with with my training the sky yeah. is the limit i you. love that for you um I, thank you we're just trying to learn the know, difference between bay leaves and basil and where to find them at the grocery store so <laughs> now that you know that basil is a leaf I think you are well on your way on this culinary journey. You got to start somewhere. So, yeah, you got to start somewhere. I'm on I'm exactly. level one. Well, okay, here's the way I've been cooking. I've just been taking things which like that are similar if I don't have the actual thing and just putting it instead. Oh, that explains so much. Yeah. See, again, it's bay like, leaves and basil leaves. They're both leaves. They kind of sound similar. They're they are with, very, very different. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like, yeah, but sometimes you don't have the thing and it's like so complicated and you just either leave the thing out or you put something else in instead. <sighs> um, I, uh, okay, so we're doing nonsense predictions. That's what we're doing. Um, not nonsense. Our actual predictions for each other. What, what are your prediction for me? My okay. My actual prediction for you. Is that you are going to like be solidly cooking by the end of 2023. I think you're going to, you know, I'm going to encourage you to go do like a knife skills class or at least send you some videos on how to do knife skills and that you're going to have like two or three dishes that you can confidently cook that people are going to be like, wow, Ramy, this is really tasty. Where did you learn how to cook like this? And be like, like literally the coolest sexiest smartest chef i know um rock me oh me. so like not gordon ramsay no oh okay so maybe you won't be saying that i was like not who? Gordon you're like you're like who yeah gordon ramsay <laughs> obviously who? Gordon Ramsay. um oh, yeah for reference to the listeners my new year's resolution is to learn how to cook and at this point robbie is now helping me because he's already not going it was already too confusing for me. Um, okay. Oh, man. <laughs> I, will, I should publish our text exchanges. That's a Patreon level um, perk, I guess. My prediction, I mean, I don't know, for you, I don't know, that you're going to buy a house in New York City? Like, oh, is that... That's so nice. That's, okay. that's self-serving. You just want me to move back to the East Coast? Yeah. I legit had a dream that we were shopping for furniture last night in New York City, Robbie. I mean, because you will be. It, that's one of those dreams where you get deja vu later from it. You know what I'm talking about? I like yeah. that. Okay. All right. East Coast. Return of the East Coast Robbie. Can I, I come? Like I want to come with you. I want to crash your couple furniture shopping and just like lay on the couch, different couches. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Please come with. Let's go to Crate. Yay. Restoration. Wait, I love yes. this idea. Wait. 
New York, New York City Restoration Hardware has this like weirdly fancy restaurant at the top. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I've heard of this. Go get lunch and make a whole day of it. Wait, hold on. I need to. Does anybody remember? Do you remember Restoration Hardware before it was like super fancy? (laughs) Um, I feel like I'm dreaming this. Oh, God. I feel like I'm dreaming this, but like I could have sworn when I was a kid, I would go to a restoration hardware and it was just like they had like kitschy stuff there. Like, I don't know, like hand those hand carved like wooden like um, colored pencils and like just like, you know, like random desk toys and stuff that were like, you know, it was like Brookstone without the technology. Right. And then like they had some like nice furniture, but now it's just like it's restoration hardware. It's like. I don't know. Maybe I dreamed that. Anyway, okay, I love that. Um, Return of the East Coast Robbie. And yeah, I also love this idea, by the way, Rami, about like you coming shopping with us, like you and Julie. Like I think everyone should bring their sick friends furniture furniture shopping. Because like who's gonna know like you'll know like this is the most comfortable thing to just like lay down and die on. Yeah. When we bought the couch we have now, I had just gotten or like recently gotten like Moderna too, right? Which like laid me out for two weeks and i was like mm-hmm. couch is gonna be the best to collapse on which would be like the mm-hmm. best to have like the vaccine sweats on that was my criteria Mm-hmm. yeah it actually matters a lot because you can get some back and neck pains if you're you know what i mean like suddenly you have chronic pain and you also just have regular pain <laughs> that was me this entire weekend. <laughs> like, damn, I feel like I'm getting sick. Oh, my oh God. wait, no, I'm just sick. <laughs> um, okay, well, okay. we should talk about ahead, that sometime. I should come back to talk about that. Oh my God, yeah, I think we need to do. You know, whatever. I think we need to do a chronic illness part two, like or. Not even part like a, a new chronic illness episode at some point. Anyway, um, Jordan back on. Yeah, I feel like I've learned so much. I like Jordan journey. on the podcast because she laughs at my jokes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. um, I'm Ramy. That's Robbie, and that's Julie, and this is I would never know a podcast. <laughs> predictions for 2023 and part one was all about our predictions for the industry and this episode we're really going to let julie our resident internet expert uh loose on you know predictions for the internet um so julie what do you got on your list what kind of wonderful things do we have in store for us (laughs) so we talked about ai right that was our original thread here but um i want to talk about something i think Ramy said about web 3.0 
which like the AI conversation kind of um, bleeds into this a little bit. But I have here a prediction about the rise of the real Web 3.0. So we've been hearing people, mostly grifters, mm. mostly crypto people talk about Web 3.0. What is it? And I think a lot of us have struggled to define what that means. I think a lot of people would define it as crypto, blockchain, you know, whatever that means to them, the metaverse. And I think in 2023, we are going to see a lot of these crypto companies. Um, you know, we talked about SBF and FTX kind of like seeing their uh, their demise. <laughs> I think a lot of that infrastructure and a lot of the original ideas we had around crypto, blockchain, metaverse, any 3.0 stuff, we're going to see that collapse. I think that 2023 mm. will see a redefinition of what we mean by Web 3.0. And to me, it's not a true metaverse yet. I think we, I think Facebook, in an attempt to rebrand, to, you know, walk back this idea that they destroyed democracy, <laughs> which they kind of did. Um, <laughs> Whoopsies. To rebrand, they're, they've sort of said, okay, we're just going to demand attention. We're going to demand the conversation around metaverse, and we are going to redirect our our funds fine so we saw facebook rebrand to metaverse i think it was in 2021 actually and we said oh this is going to be great but i think that they took two steps ahead when we re really when when it comes to technology we need to be walking like half steps at a time because like adoption is it's a whole thing right takes some time um mm. so i think they're they were way too far ahead in this whole metaverse thing sort of like living in this alternate universe living in the sims living in uh What's the other game that I'm thinking of? Roblox. Not Roblox. It's like Second, second, second Life. Uh, yeah. yeah, we had Second Life years ago, and now they're like, "Oh, we're going to dominate the conversation on Metaverse." Okay, cool, fine. But I think that 2023 will show us who is actually going to be a player in Web 3.0, which I see mm. now as decentralization, which I see now as um, existing more in the metaverse than we are now, but not fully in the metaverse like Facebook, or sorry, like Meta thinks we should be doing right now. So I see it as extended reality, augmented reality, um, VR to some extent. Those headsets, by the way, those metaverse headsets are like something like $1,400. Mm. They're really not accessible to everyone. And they make a lot of people really sick. So <laughs> I don't think we're going to see wide adoption of that in 2023. And I, I actually see a lot of the metaverse project at Meta dying in 2023. And I think that we will see the rise of companies that we haven't even heard of yet um, come to the forefront. Um, we're going to be hearing a lot about new companies that I can't even like name for you right now because they don't exist yet. We're going to see them kind of come out of the woodwork and say, Hey, you know, we don't have like a fully metaverse immersive product for you, but we have something that's in between. And it could be something like, are you are you both familiar with Gather as a platform? No. Oh yeah, no. that's right. Yeah, we use that. That's the little <laughs> thing where you walk around. Remember it's the little me. thing where you walk around and like Nope, yep. Yeah, you know what? This is this is constantly this is how I operate. Have you heard of this? No. And I've actually used it like 17 different You've times. You've invited <laughs> me to think events that you 
through in gather okay no but um you still have to explain what it is to her <laughs> like no i don't know what you're talking about um julie or robbie or somebody explain explain what it is <laughs> you're hilarious gather is gather is a platform where you you log on to this virtual environment that other people have built for you it looks a lot like sims it looks a lot like minecraft it's very like 16-bit and you can construct a whole world within gather it's been used to construct environments like conferences like the way you'd envision a conference in a conference center like you know a couple of rooms for presentations sort of like a massive hall for keynotes that sort of thing you can construct that. You can also construct workplaces. So I've seen workplaces constructed where you have a central lobby, right, much like the conference, and then you have cubicles, and then you have meeting rooms, and you exist in Gather as an avatar. Now, you have the ability to actually speak with your own voice in, in a microphone kind of way, like you would on Zoom. You have the ability to show video, like your actual human self. I cannot believe that we have to differentiate that now, but there we go. And then you have your avatar self and you can be totally off camera, off audio and just type as your avatar. So you can exist in a couple of different ways that you're comfortable with. And anyway, it's just like reconstructing real life, except you're mostly kind of an avatar. And anyway, it's it's wonderful. I like the platform. I think it's really fun, especially if you are, you know, attending conferences or like going to work from far away as a remote employee. You know, that's that's something really useful that that you can gather in a conference room and only hear the voices of the people in the room. I think that's actually really nice. And it's a little bit more fluid than jumping into Zoom rooms, which are very um, fragmented experiences. So that is actually what I see as like the upcoming metaverse and that's what i see for the metaverse in like the next three four five years i don't think we're going to be jumping into fully virtual worlds like meta kind of said we would um i think meta will probably start seeing a huge like um lack of influence in the next couple of years as we see the rise of these other platforms and we see the rise of other um ar and xr uh technology companies um and the metaverse as as we think we will see it in the next couple of years i i think is probably more to like more like five to ten years out so that's that's my like super long-term prediction i think the headsets aren't there yet i think that the average person doesn't see a lot of um use in that stuff and i know that you know people sort of say like well but what about gaming like we see people in virtual games all the time and i'm like that's great thank you for bringing that up but gaming is an entirely different thing than living a second life literally in a virtual world i don't think any of us want to do that 100 percent. i would probably go crazy i think that a lot mm -hmm. of us will continue Same. to live in the real world and there's nothing we can do about it because we are like essentially human <laughs> real life creatures right and we're not meant to be in virtual worlds 100% of the time. Um, I don't want to get too much into it now, but I, I think that living in a metaverse for a long period of time probably has negative effects on mental health. Um, but that's that's research that's like way far out there. So do you think like 
here's a question for you based on this. Like, so you know how right now there's, or not right now, but like basically over the last year, there's been a really big like shift where like employers are either remote or they're in person or there's like the hybrid. Do you think that there's going to be like companies that are like within remote companies, there's like remote, but metaverse, like remote, but we're going to ship you a headset and you have to be on this meeting type platform. And then people are gonna be like, I don't want to work at a company that uses that technology. So there's going to be like a spectrum within remote of like, how do you think that's going to happen this year? I think it's already happened. I have heard stories and these come from blind app. Okay. I'll, I'll be like totally transparent about that. So take it with a grain of salt. And, and I, I don't, I don't think these stories are like so far out there that they could be not real, but I have heard that Meta has shipped some headsets to employees asking them to please use this for your job. Like use it. Don't use Zoom. Don't use whatever else, whatever software they have for video conferencing. Use the headset. But what about like outside of like, Facebook, right? Or Meta? Like, what about like just like normal people with normal jobs? Do we think this is going to start getting rolled out this year or no? I, again, I don't think the technology is there. I think the headsets are really expensive. And honestly, like, um, they make a lot of people motion sick. And until the technology can really solve for that, I don't think it's going, going to be widely adopted. It just doesn't make sense. Like, imagine if you were like forced to adopt a technology that just, made you nauseous all the time like no one is going to use that okay mm-hmm. across the board this isn't going to be like oh well sea levels are using it so like why aren't you this is like no i mean i've been forced to use jira before okay hey yeah i feel you on that but no i mean yeah i don't think there's going to be wide adoption or at least any time in the next like three four or five years i don't see it good that's what i like to hear i i just like <laughs> don't i just the idea of that, I can't deal with that. I can't deal with that right now. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. Anyway. It's not yeah. for me. I'd rather use Gather. It's, it's just so, and, and I, I feel like I'm plugging the company here and, and like in some ways like I am because I'm just a big fan, but I do think it's like this in-between step between now and a true metaverse that doesn't really interfere with the way that we're working now. And, and a lot of us are virtual right now. A lot of us are remote right now and it, it, actually makes things a little bit easier right you don't have to jump into zooms you don't feel so siloed and like like you're working on your own constantly some people love that good for them um i don't (laughs) um before i was a phd student i was a designer and i think design is really hard to do remotely um i know some people do it really well but if you're at a company for example that needs to have a lot of brainstorming needs values collaboration i think that that's hard to do and gather is like one of those platforms that's very low impact you don't have to worry about zoom fatigue as much and again i just think it's a really good sort of in-between step that a lot of us can um, get behind and a lot of us can make work for what we need as humans i mean it's like yeah i've used gather i use gather specifically for like more conferency stuff but like imagining us just like being in an office in gather. I don't know. Just like having that screen open while I work. Don't worry. They'll send you it's... a screen. They'll send you a massive screen, like a digital <laughs> whiteboard. And you're just going to have to sit there and look at it all day. Oh my God. Um, 
uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, not great. So yeah, we're yeah. I think there's so much more research that has to be done around these platforms. I think that that whoever is using them right now is they're way early adopters, right? Mm. It is the mm-hmm. wild west when it comes to metaverse technology, even when it comes to like crypto and blockchain, because that was part of this conversation originally was, you know, how does crypto and like blockchain and all that stuff kind of blend into this metaverse world? And, and the thing is, like, I don't think it, it does right now. I think that people are defining it in so many different ways. Um, you know, we've seen the, the demise of FTX. And um, mm-hmm. I just think that we've come to like this reckoning point. All right, we're going to have to reckon with the fact that people have spent a lot of money on NFTs and we don't really know the value of them. And I know people are going to come for me for that. But really, oh, I know the value of NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing. I, I just I want to see the I want to see the numbers. I think NFTs are going to just deflate because, like as I've always said, people are buying these NFTs, but who's re-buying them? Like, is there really a secondary market? And I feel like a lot of the companies that were selling these NFTs, they're realizing, oh shit, we're not actually making any money off this. So they disappear, the secondary market disappears, and then you're just left holding the bag. And I just think there's been enough of these rug pulls where people, you know, will pre-buy an NFT and then the people just disappear with their money. The pe- and people are going to like wisen up and they're going to be like, well, let's see. I've spent this much money on NFTs that I can't resell. I spent this much money on NFTs that I never got and got scammed out of. Maybe, maybe I stop spending my money on this shit. And so I think that's just going to kind of be the, come on, look, Trump's getting into NFTs. I think we, we can oh agree God. that the ship has sailed. Okay, Julie, I can't. Julie, what's your next? Sorry, I can't. I don't want to even hear that name. Julie, what's your next <laughs> prediction? He who I must can't. not be named. I can't deal with it right now. I have to say it, but Trump's NFT is a money laundering front. There, I said it. We don't have to talk <laughs> about it. It's money laundering. Anyway, um, we talked about low code or no code. That was one of my predictions of like um, sort of low code or no code design tools um i think the big thing for me like as someone who studies like social media and like online communities is um you know obviously we've seen twitter kind of go to shit completely over the last couple of weeks and i think that that combined with a lot of other things i'm seeing out in the world um leads me to this next prediction I think that social media 2.0, I'm going to call it social media as we know it, as most of us know it, is over. It's done. Facebook is done. Mm. Ooh, okay. That's a very, very strong prediction. That's like, yeah. Okay. It, it, Go on, keep going. I have opinions. <laughs> and we can talk about this more. And I, I love to get your thoughts on it as well because um this is kind of like just what i'm seeing out there right now but i i think over the last more than a couple of years i think probably since 2016 since we kind of like again um had to face this realization that our politics might not match the politics of our closest friends and family um as we've sort of seen like you know maybe these social connections that i've gathered over the last 
10 years or so maybe aren't really friends or acquaintances. Maybe they're just people I used to know mm-hmm. as we've encountered these things. And we've yep. kind of had a chance to reflect on it. I think that we've collectively come to this place where social media, as we know, it is over social media isn't really about connecting one-on-one anymore. It's about connecting with strangers and social media is no longer about centralizing everything in your life in one place or two places, depending on the type of media you are choosing to, um, to put out there to share. I think social media in 2023 will fragment like it never has before. We have never, I think, seen anything like this in our lifetimes or ever, I want to say. I'm going to put an asterisk on that because we'll we'll talk more about fragmentation later. Ooh, oh my gosh. Yeah, we've kind of just, we've had, we've had it with social media. And there have been multiple articles out in The Atlantic, I think, recently kind of pointing towards this as well in definitely a more eloquent way than I'm talking about it now. But um, there's a recent article in The Atlantic. I think it was called um, The Age of Social Media is Ending. It's a really good one. If you haven't read it, definitely go read it. It gives kind of like a history of online communities from like the early 2000s up until today and kind of like takes us on this journey of like how the Internet as a social place um, has evolved. And their prediction, at least in between the lines, is that online communities are going to fragment. We're not going to be seeing big Facebooks, big Instagrams. We're going to be seeing these little communities of hyper-specific interests. So I have, I feel like, well, I have three thoughts. My first thought is that I'm so happy about this. I mean, I've been over social media since like Facebook became a thing and I had to join and then it was like too stressful for me. And like then I got an then I had to get an Instagram and oh my god I posted four pictures and then got stressed out about it so I'm ready for it. <laughs> but um the other thing is that like I've also like I can definitely see this from the point of like a zillennial or whatever like on TikTok and being like okay Instagram is over. Like a lot of Instagram is like turning into Gen Z's like what Facebook was for millennials. Instagram is for Gen Z, if that makes sense. Like it's for like people who are out of touch. It's like the younger generation isn't really using it as much is what I'm seeing, like being communicated specifically on TikTok. And I know that's like the out might be the algorithm. But and then the other thing that really made me think about um, this really made me think about is um, the rise of the idea of having gosh it's like in-person social media circles Hmm. which is something that i've seen are you are you nodding your head julie (laughs) you mean you mean friends no i mean friends but like (laughs) i've seen a lot of things come up about like hey this is like a this is a thing or community or whatever that um we're gonna take like five strangers that have similar interests that have similar personalities whatever and you're gonna all get dinner together and i've been seeing that Mm. pop up all over the place 
And I'm like, like that is extremely interesting, especially um, if we're now living in a like constant pandemic, if we're now constantly working from home, I think it's and we're not even like using social media. We don't like it in the same way. Um, I think that that we might see more of that happening, which I'm sort of interested in. I like this, but here's my question. Julie, I'm going to put you on the spot and see if you have a prediction for this. What does this mean for, and and this this is going to very much impact one person on this call. Um, What do you think this means for the future of dating? God, you're so full of shit. No, I'm serious, because like... Literally two other people on the the two people to the two other people on this call are married to each other. Get well, but out of come here. on. Like you complain about internet dating. Internet dating sucks. Yeah. We know that. So like what does this mean? Like what is gonna happen? Because like I don't know. What do you think? So I have a really interesting data point on this. I have noticed lately that students and I, I won't name any names or any app names here. But they've been working on a lot of these so-called in-person meetup apps. And it's it's either something like, let's meet up based on an interest. Let's meet up based on a class we're taking. Some of these classes at like the 101 level, at the 100 level are massive. Like almost a thousand students are in them. So people meet up in person for study groups, whatever, right? I'm seeing a lot of apps sort of pop up based on hyper-specific interests so as far as for the dating scene like i i honestly i don't know much about dating apps for obvious reasons but i am seeing lots of apps pop up for hyper specific interests in person so if you were to Mm -hmm. find a spouse at those in-person meetups that shares something like a really specific interest like that sounds like a good place to start dating to me Right. If you meet up, um, Robbie, we were talking about it the other day, like uh, going to um, like like hyper specific music shows. If you were to have a meetup group where you had like a bunch of people interested in the same thing that all wanted to meet up in person, you all already share an interest. Isn't that a good Mm. place to potentially find someone to date, potentially find a partner? I think it is. Because at the end of the day, if you don't share any interests with your partner, you're going to have a bad day. (laughs) That makes sense. That makes sense. And that does that sort of when you're saying that you were seeing this trend of hyper specific in person meetup apps and whatnot being thrown at you. Is that why you were nodding your head about like when I was talking about the like small gatherings of in person people that maybe, you know, share the same like whatever that is. That's why you were. That's exactly it. And I saw one come across my desk recently that was around uh, just students getting dinner together. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Yes. I wonder if you could like like Rami, you and I are probably um, very wary of the pandemic and are kind of like staying chill right now, not eating out a Mm -hmm. lot. Um, But I wonder if you could have some sort of filter in there with that that said something like you know i'm actually like really like i'm chronically ill like i can't really afford to like eat in restaurants right now i would like to meet up at restaurants that uh are outdoors only or i would like to go to a beer garden or something like that something like outdoors right 
if you could adjust that little filter kind of depending on the pandemic and like where we're at with the COVID numbers right now, that would be super cool to have. Yeah. So I think, I think Bumble's been kind of doing this a bit. Like, so I joined Bumble BFF when we moved to um, Seattle because like, yeah, I want to make friends and they're, they're like one of the really cool experiences of, uh, is like you you pick the things that you're interested in doing, right? And then they started pushing questions about like, are you vaccinated? And so I'm wondering if they're like trying to match people up who are also you know who are vaccinated. They do ask about your political leanings, things like that. So um, maybe I think that that adds credence to this of like larger companies trying to create those like hyper specific groups. Yeah, and some of those things I think for some of us are deal breakers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, totally. Maybe we should stop talking about this part because I could talk about like, I really want to attend one of these um, gatherings that keeps like popping up. Like um, very specifically, there's one that's like we're hosting, you know, of course it like looks bougie. So I want to attend it. But it's like, you know, you and five people that share an interest that you don't know what interest it is. But, you know, and you all get along huh like are all going to like go and have this curated dinner and you're going to discuss things and you're going to try and figure out what your interest is. Like, I want to go to that. But anyway, can I just say that that's literally the, oh like God. What? that is literally a twilight zone episode. <laughs> no, really. There's like a twilight zone episode where these people find themselves. They all wake up. There's like five people. They wake up. They're trapped in this like cylinder that they can't see out of. Right. And they're like, they've never met each other. And they're trying to figure out what they have in common that caused them to be trapped there. And so I guess somebody saw that was like, sounds like a great idea for a, a, a social app. But that um, does sound like fun. Well, <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, all right, Julie, do you want to give us another one? I know you also, before I like derail this conversation again, you were talking about fragmentation. Right. Fragmentation. Let's come back to that really quickly. So... Mastodon is where people are sort of flocking to after post Twitter, we'll call it right. Cause we don't know where else to go, but I've seen people and there, there are people out there studying migration from platform to platform. I know of someone that just got a huge research grant to look at this, but I think in 2023, we're going to continue to see a lot of fragmentation in social media platforms people are going to move off of the facebook the instagram the twitters into discord servers i think they're going to move into substacks and having conversations on substacks and having conversations on mastodon now if anyone knows anything about mastodon and to give everyone just a quick introduction to what that is is mastodon is basically twitter but it's fragmented in a way that you have different servers kind of serving up the content and they're all talking to each other. So it's a decentralized social network. Um, That means that I personally am on uh, hci.social. You can go like make an account there and like hang out with all us human computer interaction people. There's Hmm. servers for artists. There's servers for people who are into philosophy. Servers for people who are not into anything at all. They're just like whatever their username is at mastodon.com, I think. So that is the accounts on 
Mastodon are not as clearly visible as they were on Twitter. You don't have just information kind of flying at you constantly. You don't see retweets as easily. What you do see is the people on your own server pretty easily. Now, it's possible to see content from other servers, but it comes through in this timeline that gets really crowded really quickly. So it's really impossible to see any sort of curation in your feed. And normally curation on Twitter happens in a couple of ways. It happens with the algorithm, right? Um, it happens with people retweeting content, people responding to content. Those things get to be visible in, in the feed. But on Mastodon, it's it's very noisy. And I think that a lot of the problems in surfacing content, we have not even begun to address yet because Mastodon grew... I don't even want to put a number out there because it would be wrong, but like grew like crazy overnight when Elon took over Twitter. And so Mastodon, like, again, is very fragmented. Um, You're not seeing content from all over the place all the time. That is both good and bad. People are moving to Substack. I think I already mentioned that one. People are moving to Discord. People are moving back to Reddit and back to Tumblr. So this D centralization of social media, I think will continue into 2023. I think we're going to see people posting less on Insta, on Facebook, um, and on Twitter also. Mm -hmm. And I think that they're, we're going to switch to this model, not of socializing with, um, not socializing one-on-one with each other, but socializing as part of an ongoing conversation. And I think it's going to be, it's going to feel more like Reddit where people can put out longer form content and it's going to feel a little bit more like almost an earlier internet. If, if any of you have have ever been on like slash dot or some of the older forums, even like the something awful forums where it was sort of like this ongoing conversation rather than people just posting, hoping to, um, Mm-hmm. Like one-way conversations, you know, it's going to be more of a collective conversation. So the the defragmentation, I think, is good in the way that people can find their interests and be able to talk about things they're interested in really deeply. But on another level, I think it's going to make it harder for people to find content that is outside their little bubble already. So already we're having like a filter bubble problem. It's already a problem on Mastodon wasn't as much of a problem on Twitter, but we're going to have to find ways around it. And I've seen tools out there that have helped people sort of find other things they might be interested in, but they're not perfect and they're third-party tools. So Mastodon um, has a lot of work to do. And the other platforms that I mentioned as well, they're going to need to figure out how to deal with an influx of people who don't understand the platform. Discord, used primarily by gamers. I find Mm -hmm. the UI really overwhelming. I'm not a gamer. So they're going to have to deal with, okay, how do we, how do we deal with an influx of people so suddenly that don't know our culture and don't know our UI and don't know our values? Um, That's been a problem for online communities for as long as we can remember. So there's going to be a lot of um, change, I think, in 2023 and how we interact one-on-one and how we interact with other people collectively online okay this is so interesting i feel like i've learned so much like this is truly so interesting we do need to wrap up which i want to keep going but we promise shorter episodes 
Um, Julie, do you have like before we wrap up, because I literally just don't want to. Um, do you have anything else? Any other like what's like like one more thing that you think is the most interesting to you that you want to just throw out there? Oh, man, that's so it's such a loaded question. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I I have one, but it's like a heavy one. Um, and we haven't really talked about it, but the concept of trust online, I think, will get so mm. redefined next year. I I just think that we've gotten to a point with the misinformation, with the banning of journalists on Twitter, with silencing people, even early in the pandemic, who thought, oh, shit, we have a huge problem here. Um, we need to come to terms with how we are dealing with bad information on the internet. We need to move past the, oh, look what I found. Isn't this interesting kind of stage of, of, I don't even know what to call it. We need to move past the stage of, oh, this is interesting and onto the stage of, okay, how do we deal with this? How do we treat information the flow of information, how we think about what is good information and what is bad information on the internet as an issue of public health. And the the if you if you mm. think about the health of information and the health of our online communities and the health of our social media as a problem of public health, like the inception, the inception like images are just like Right. This is an inception problem. Um, we're we're going to have to come to terms with how we deal with misinformation like real soon. Oh, for sure. I actually was just thinking like I was thinking about this when I was thinking about these predictions, because, you know, I think 2022 is the year of the micro influencer. But now there's this mm-hmm. idea of like, is anything that anybody says on TikTok or Twitter or Facebook, or whatever, is anything like like organic or is everything just paid for and so i'm just wondering if there's going to be some sort of shifts there where people have to be a little bit more forthcoming it's not even just that too it's also um let's let's take for example tiktok uh health tiktok um there's been a push lately um Mm. regarding like iud's okay let's talk about iud tiktok really Mm. quickly iud tiktok is is has come out and said um, doctors don't use anesthetics when they're inserting IUDs and IUD insertion is very painful. There's this old wives tale out there about the cervix not having any or few uh, nerve endings, which is absolutely false. Um, and so a lot of women have come out saying, a lot of people have come out saying, this is really painful. Like you need to like give us drugs right we need drugs help us get through this and we need to say okay this is your lived experience and say like that's okay to put out on the internet but once you have people kind of coming in and saying like oh no they're wrong their experience their lived experience is wrong then we have a problem then we have doctors coming in from a couple of angles like yes this is absolutely a problem we need to fix it 
And you have doctors coming in saying, no, this isn't a problem. This is misinformation. And so how do you deal with all of these competing voices where everyone is sort of giving their lived experience, right? But which one is right? Oh, my gosh. And it's not a problem of like, this is right or wrong. This is a problem of like, medicine needs to advance a little bit. And Ramy, you and I know that um, doctors can have some very ancient opinions sometimes that have been proven wrong. Mm -hmm. Very true. Extremely true. That's extremely true. And so how do you go (laughs) pushing against those doctors who have very outdated opinions on how to best um, manage an IUD insertion? How do you do that? What is authenticity? How, why believe this talk, this TikTok over that TikTok? Who am I supposed to believe? Who's right? Yeah. Who's wrong? And I don't think that the answers are so clear. I don't think that there's a, a divide between right and wrong necessarily in a lot of cases. I obviously with IUD insertion, like listen to your patients, please offer anesthetics. Come on. It's 2022. Um, but we have to reckon with that as well. And it's really hard to have nuanced opinions and nuanced conversations on the internet, especially when you are stitching videos. So we have to figure out, okay, mm-hmm. how, how do we sort all of this out? And I could go on and on forever about like medical advice in particular and like the CDC, but um, we are just now starting to like, come to terms with this like how how do we pull all of these threads out how do we sort this out how do we talk about these issues and uh yeah it's it's bad out there <laughs> well, well on, on that, that note, note. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us julie i'm really excited to have you back again to talk to go deeper into this and also i think uh, our listeners would love to hear more about the research you're doing Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A couple of projects out in the works right now. And, and when those are ready to share, I will certainly come back and share those. Um, quite a few of them are TikTok related. So I'm, I'm sure that'll be of interest to some of our listeners. We love TikTok. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. We'll leave real. it there then. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on, Julie. Thank you um, for having me on. This was so interesting um i want you on all the time and yeah good night good night night. may i be blunt with you if you'd like to write in with any questions you'd like to have answered topics you'd like covered or other general nonsense send ramey and i an email at i would never know pod at gmail.com thanks for listening until next time doing this again oh we're gonna do this again are you sure oh and then we're gonna do it again and 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 again